to Pete and Hannah's watch list. I'm your host, Pete Mitchell. I'm here with my great co-host, Hannah. Hello, people. Hannah, we are here today for AFI Top 100, the revisited 10-year anniversary, and movie number 87, 12 Angry Men. Uh, Just to let people know, I'm still sick. Yeah. It's been a week. I'm still sick. God damn it. So I apologize for my blowing of nose on previous podcasts. So um, before we begin this lovely journey that is AFI Top 100, uh, please tell the viewers and the listeners uh, what they should do. Pretty please leave a like and subscribe to our channels. And uh, leave a comment down below your favorite movie so far in the Top 100 AFI list. And any of your feedback. Hit the notification button and you'll get great content like this one, including we interrupt regular programming where we looked at some Apple TV shows, which has included the documentary on the Patriots and Masters of the Air. Uh, next week, we will be diving back into Curb Your Enthusiasm as well. We also looked at two movies. We looked at um, Driveway Dolls and Zone of, Zone of Interest, which continues our look at... The Oscars of them, which was included in movie news, and we also preview June Part Two. So a great week of content here on the channel, and it should be great next week because we're going to be reviewing June Part Two. Hannah, mm-hmm. let's get on to the show. And number eighty-seven, Twelve Angry Men, released in October nineteen fifty-seven, uh, did not make the first list. Oh yeah, no, really? Did not make the first list. Now. Is this the first time you've seen it? No. You have seen it all before? Uh, mostly. On reflection when I was watching it again, yeah, I did think I did sit through it. Okay. I had to sit. It was through school. I yeah, sat through it. So you, so, really, you really hated this movie. No, I, I just... Anything that you had to do for school, usually like there's some negative connotation because you had to do work for it. I've seen this many times. It was a big um, rotation on television and cable. Uh, where did we watch it? Apple TV. Yeah. Had to run. Elevator pitch. Yeah. A, a jury uh, deliberate on a murder with one holdout. The maker's studio is United Artists. Now, mm. this was founded by Chaplin, Fairbanks, Pickford, and Griffiths. Later bought by MGM. Yeah. And then recently defunct now because yeah, it's owned by uh, Amazon. Which they closed down the United Artists division now. Yeah. Chaplin sold his stake in 1955 because of the lowest box office since 1919 because television was taking hold, so he got out. But this movie was one of the big catalysts for um, MGM to buy United Artists because this movie was on high rotation on television. Ah, yeah, one of those. And it, it, um, it was said that 12 Angry Men was played um every day somewhere around the world. So they end up making $3 million profit in 1958. MGM brought it and still kept going, United Artists. They produced the Rocky movies. Yeah. Yeah. Story behind it. This movie was a television show, and it was written by a guy called Reginald Rose, and he Mm. turned it into a movie. (coughs) Um, It was on CBS. And then... United Artists went to Henry Fonda and said, we want you not only to um, star on this, but we want you to produce this movie. So he got 
Sidney Lumet on board who had a television background, and so he knew that he'd stick to the budget yeah. and schedule. That yeah, was really yeah, important. Yeah. This movie only took three weeks to film. Oh, really? Well, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, it was extensive rehearsals, and yeah, almost yeah, extensive rehearsals. So he would lock them in a room, small room, for two hours at a time. And make them rehearse. Well, yeah. Well, I Amazing. guess that works because that's this whole film. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the cinematographer, he, Boris Kaufman, he chose the the close-up shots because it created tension and it's building the tension. Mm. He um, was the cinematographer of Garden of Eden and he also did On the Waterfront. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's yeah. Reginald Rose, he went on to like a big, a career in t- t- TV. He also did the show The Defenders, which became a, a, a. They did that show over and over again on television. The director Sidney Lumet. He was nominated five times for Academy Awards, never won, won an um, honorary one, but he had some of the greatest movies of all time: Serpico, starring Al Pacino; The Verdict, Ooh. starring Paul Newman; mm-hmm. and Network, starring um, William Holden and the Australia's own Peter Finch. Ah, classics. Okay, cool. Yeah, no. All the court drama vibe. Some of the actors in this movie, so I'll break it down to you for you. So you've got jury number one was Martin um, uh, Balsam. He was a jury foreman. He was calm, methodic, um, assistant yeah. high school football coach. He starred in all the President's Men and he was also in Psycho. Yeah. Uh, John Fielder, he was jury number two. He was a meek, unpretentious bank teller. Who was easily fussed, but he eventually stands up for himself. He starred in True Grit. Mm. Lee J. Cobb, he was jury number three. He was hot tempered and the owner of a courier business who was estranged from his son and the passionate advocate of the uh, guilty verdict. He starred in Exorcist by the great William ah. Freakman and he also starred in On the Waterfront, starring Marlon Brando. Yes, yes. EJ Marshall, veteran actor was in National Lampoon's Christmas Recreation, in Tora Tora. He was in tons of TV as well. He was juror number four. <coughs> he was unflappable. He had the glasses. Yeah. He was an analytical stockbroker. Jack Klugman, um, juror number five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <coughs> he, he grew up in a slum. He was sensitive to bigotry towards some kids. He starred. His main role was at the Odd Couple TV show. Oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah, okay. Edward Binns, he was jury number six. He was a tough but principled, conscious house painter who objects to others, especially the elderly, from being abused. He started the great Arthur Hitchcock movie, North by Northwest. One of the few I haven't seen. <laughs> Jack Warden was probably the one of the most famous mm. people in this cast. He's jury number seven. Mm. He was a wisecracking salmon, just wanted to go to the Yankees game. He started the wackiest yeah. ship in the navy. Started the heavy game weight. He also started the verdict, directed by Cinema Limit. Ah, yes. Henry mm-hmm. Fonda, which is jury number eight, which is Davis, because we see that right at the end. Mm-hmm. A humane, justice-seeking architect, father of three, initially the only person that questioned they're guilty. He started in On Golden Pond, which he won. <coughs> he also started in The Grapes of Wrath. Ah, oh, yes, yes, it's Henry Fonda. Yeah. Um, Joseph Sweeney, he was jury number nine. He's McCardell. He's the other guy that says hello. Uh, he's a veteran TV actor. Ed Begley, who's the father of Ed Begley Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, as jury number 10, he was a pushy, loudmouth owner, of, a, and he was bigoted to some life. He was in the Western Hang'em High. Uh, George Voschek, he was jury number 11. He was a polite, 
a European watchmaker and American citizen. Uh, he was in the movie somewhere in time. Oh, yeah. Robert Webber. He was a famous actor. He was in Private Benjamin. He was in Dirty Dozen. He was always indecisive. So the reaction for the film at this time wasn't a box office success. No, of course not. Now, reason being was colour movies had been around for years and they had chosen to go black yeah. and white. Now, only, only, there's only a couple reasons why film, films choose that. Now, they chose this for two reasons. One, yeah, cost. Me. Yep, cost is one of them. It only cost 330 k to make this movie. Tell them what the second one is. They, well, it was written that they chose black and white because it was a black and white choice between guilty and not guilty. Oh, I like that. That's funny. <laughs> That's unique. Yeah. Uh, do you know... Um, some... No c- confirmation that was from... Yeah, there's some crazy uh, ideas why some movies were chosen for that. Like um, the movie Teacher's Pet, which is Doris Day in a Clark Gable mm-hmm. movie, it's in black and white because in black and white, Clark Gable doesn't look like he's 50 years old and 20 years older than Doris Day in this movie. Yep. <laughs> so Always a good reason. <laughs> I love those choices. Uh, awards... Awards. Uh, it was nominated for best screenplay, best mm. picture, and best director. It wasn't nominated for any acting awards. It's one of the okay, yeah. one of the only um, best picture nominees that's never been active, never been nominated for an acting award. Oh yeah. So it's only a handful that's been. Critics were positive, um, but the movie did way better overseas than it did in America. Mm. Um, that was because of the lack of the color on the widescreen. Yep. Uh, should it have won? Okay, so that year it was up against Bridge of a, on a River Kwai. Great movie. Yeah. It's going to be on this list as well. Yeah. I would say this is a better screenplay. So I'd say screenplay probably should have won. Screenplay 100%. Reaction to this film recently. So Rotten Tomatoes has got a hundred. Yeah. Letterbox 4.6. IMDb 9. Mate, this is a film bro's <laughs> wet dream. Yeah, this is... I, I could not believe the reaction of this movie. It's weird because it's... I guess it's just a lot different to what other film bros, yeah. you know, go for. But this is a courtroom, well, courtroom <laughs> drama set. In, it is that theatre-esque um, movie. Yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of people have written recently about how Cinelamet never won an Academy Award. It's like a travesty. So, yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, another movie, they made this movie again, and they made it in the 90s, and it was directed by William Friedkin, who directed... Uh, the French Connection, and he also directed Exorcist. Oh, okay. That yeah. movie starred Jack Lemmon. It also starred Courtney B. Vance, starred Malika De Washington from mm-hmm. um, Williamson, from played Bubba in Bubba Gump. Oh, yeah, yeah. James yeah. Gandolfini, mm. um, who's who are actors like the Aussie all, Davis. It was, yeah, it was Twelve Angry Men. Twelve Angry Men, but it's but color. Uh, <laughs> no, no, it was it was in color and with different and it had yeah an array of people. Yeah, and more than white. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so it was turned into a stage show. Yeah, uh, no, and there's also a famous Simpsons episode. Famous Simpsons, and I would even like later Family Guy did a whole episode where they did the exact same thing, but it was filled with Family Guy, a uh, Family Guy characters. Right. Homer was the holdout juror, but he yes, had but a he, different reason. Yes, because he found out that they get to stay in a hotel with uh, <laughs> yeah cable. Yes, and, and start stealing stuff. Uh, yep, uh, and then and then staying with Skinner. Yeah, the odd couple. With the, like the original odd yeah, couple. Yeah, well, it's funny. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's it's you know a good twist on the uh, I idea. But 
Do you have um, so every Thursday mm-hmm. we do clickbait? At the moment, we're doing clickbait for um, Oscar nominees mm-hmm. for this year because we're leading up to our um, Oscar show where we're going to do a live stream following the Oscars yeah, yeah. on TikTok and YouTube. Uh, have you got any hot takes or clickbait this week? That if you redid the script, I, I say you could redo this movie and make it. Um, and flesh it out, kind of like a, a Star is Born, where you redo a Star mm. is Born with new people and a new case. Mm. I think you could do this, but you do it with, like, you either do, like... Well, a, really, the themes of, like, immigration and stuff like that yeah, just can, still resonate to yeah, this day. Yeah, and you can update movie's, it. I don't, I don't think you even need to update it. No, I'd update it with, like, not just... I wouldn't go 12 angry men. I'd go a mix. Like, women, men. And yeah, you yeah, have but, this, like, No, but the update situation. as in the... Update is in the case. Like, it's a case yeah. about uh, an immigrant you kid. Yeah, you don't... It hasn't, hasn't you even don't changed. You don't update the grace, but I mean, like, update, like, the um, dialogue. I would have someone who's a brilliant, like, brilliant writers on it. Because it, I think the script matters way more than the acting, I would oh, say. Oh, yeah, the script is... That's and, why I should have won, I think. Yeah, as the script is because... I disagree with you. Like, I don't think it needs women... No, I meant movie. no. I meant you could redo this movie, make it a and make it a different kind of and yeah, make yeah, it yeah. like I, I I meant you could redo this. Movie oh, I like the I like how you could redo it with women and men, and you could play on the you play different themes. You play different themes, yeah, I because like that it idea. becomes a different it, when you add more to it. Because this film is very it's perfect in a way how this film is communicated because it it is very simple. It mm. is like watching a stage play. It is. And so, it's one room. yeah, it's the one room. I cannot remember what that thing's called. There's a trope. Yeah, yeah. The whole one room situation, and they, it's very unique and tied to this case. But if you want, you could continue to make mo- like the same kind of ideas and movies, and continue to make just new versions of this. Yeah, and just make it just like yeah, do a Star Wars one, re-update it for a new audience. Yeah, same case, but like. New dialogue, new people, you flush yeah. it out and you um, kind of rinse and repeat it. I think TV movie versions of it, there should be way more yeah. than, than there has been. Because yeah. how many courtroom shows oh, do man, we get? <laughs> you can put this on Netflix. You can break it up into an eight-part series. They would. And yeah. you'd get one mini-movie of each juror. I probably haven't haven't watched it. Uh, uh, my clickbait for this week, this movie is acclaimed as a courtroom movie classic. Um, it's right in the top two. Yeah. Um, but I say it's not even the best courtroom movie of this year. They don't even... No, no, no. No, of this year. Of of this year? Yeah. Another movie that was nominated for Best Picture was Witness for the Prosecution, directed by Billy Wilder, starring Tyrone Powell, Marlena Dietrich. Oh, Mate, that movie's a banger. Yeah, you've told me about this. You love this movie. I would say my top three courtroom, um, movies. Now, I did not say drama for a reason, because number three... Is my cousin Vinny? Great okay. courtroom movie. Yeah, amazing. Joe Pesci, Marissa Tomei, yeah. Brit. Number two, The Verdict. I oh, love yes. The Verdict. Paul Newman, Jack Warden, directed by Sidney Lumet. Incredible. Love that movie. And number one, of course, A Few Good Men. A Few Good Men. Right. Gotta go. Yeah. Man, how is that not on this list? Man, it came out early enough, so... I can't say mine. Mine, I think I would just put really random movies in mine. Yep. My, well, you I know what, because I was, I was watching it the other day, and I was like, why isn't Big Daddy on, like, the top of people's oh. courtroom <laughs> list? 
cry children's food in that movie. <laughs> that, oh, cl- that courtroom, hilarious and <laughs> heartwarming. Holding the McDonald's. Oh, yes, God. holding it there. Uh, oh, that's funny shit. Uh, okay, so let's do a scene breakdown on the Hannah and Pete reviews. So you get the hustle and the bustle of the courtroom. Yep, yep. You get the judge giving the jury instructions. He's yep, yep. setting up the players in the room. You got people like standing around. They're sitting in uh, jury order, so we've already read out all the jurors. Mm-hmm. The first vote's taken, and juror number eight, which is Davis, played by great Henry Fonda, he votes against. Not guilty. And then explains why he um, voted not to quit. Now, he wasn't, like, saying that... He's innocent. Innocent. He, he was, was saying, saying that, I think we should... There's some things we can talk about. It was the I don't know factor of it, and he just, like, wanted mm. to break it down. Yeah. And that's what was so interesting. He's not just immediately like, no, I don't, I don't think he's guilty. No, he wants yeah. to talk about it because all the facts don't seem right. So then they go juror by juror and tell their opinions of the case. And you start to learn about each juror. Then they debate the facts. And then there's the knife scene where Henry Fonda goes the night before and buys exactly the same knife because to prove that those knives are well, like... Yeah, you can't convict he... him on that because those knives are so prevalent. He, the, it's said that the, um, yeah, the defendant had lost his knife on the way to movies. And that uh, anyone sh- could have picked it up. The shopkeeper yeah. said it's such a unique knife. You know, yeah. It's, yeah. it's one of a kind. I've never seen anything like it. But for yeah. six for six bucks, he went to a corner shop. Yeah. And Which is at the time was against the law. Yes, strange. <laughs> uh, okay, then they go to a... Henry Fonda says... Listen, I will vote with everyone if we do a private vote and no one votes not guilty. So then they do a, a secret ballot. Someone has turned. And then they figure out that it's um, the old Juror guy, which is Juba 9. Yeah. So then the thing that, that really convinces that juror and some others is the train scene where they talk about the train, how, how loud it was. You wouldn't be able to hear somebody mm-hmm. over it. Yes, because downstairs, the, the neighbour downstairs believed that he heard the kid said, I'm going to kill you, and then the body dropped, but there's no way if the train was going past at that time could yep. you have heard it. Now, things are getting really heated. It's like they're turning up the, the, heat, the heat is slowly. turning up in the city. Uh, it's summer because baseball's being played. Yeah. It, the air, the, they haven't there's got no air con. The there's fans aren't air, working. Yep. And it is really hot. Yeah. So the, it, they they say uh, I talked to the meteorologist yeah. or something that it's going to be the hottest day on record. Over the or year. Yep. Okay, so then they ask for the diagram of uh, the apartment. So then they get the diagram, mm-hmm. and then juror number eight, Davis Henry Fonda, yep. walks. Yes, he imitates the imitates because the defendant had a limp. So yeah, then the he, downstairs neighbor, yeah. he was like, and he said he he said twelve. Seconds after the body dropped, yeah. he walked outside, saw the kid running. And then the man had said that he'd seen the kid outside. Now, he worked it out. It was like 44 seconds, give or take. So, they do another vote, and now it's 6-6. Six, six. Yeah. We get, and now the rain falls, and it breaks the thing. Now, lights come on. The fan starts working, and you can see the temperature just let out of the room, and you sort of start hearing some stories, people talking to each other. And then 
they start talking about one of the alibis that the defendant has, and the alibi is about the movies. Oh, the movie one. Yeah, because when he initially was questioned, yeah. he didn't remember. So then he starts talking to one of the, like, there's three main guys. The fourth juror. Yeah. So juror number four, juror number three, um, and juror number ten. ten, maybe nine. No, it's ten. Ten? Nine is the, is the old guy that said not guilty. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, they're the main three. Now, number 10, we find out later that he's just a racist. Yeah. Number three, uh, he's the most vocal. And the other one is yes. the stockbroker. He's an analytical Brian. He's like, mate, you, you can remember this. I went to the movies the other night. I can yeah. remember what movie you saw. But then they questioned him and he actually couldn't remember Ex- all, all the, the details. details. And especially under the, the pressure of he started, you're yeah. getting interviewed where the father is just next to you. Like, it is a key yeah, part it's, of Yeah, it's the, an emotional distress, of course, you're not going to remember. But after the fact, he did remember the details, but yeah. it wasn't, he couldn't remember immediately. But then, juror number three comes up with the idea, okay, well, let's, let's talk about the stabbing thing. And so then he grabs a knife and pretends to stab Davis, and everyone's sort of shocked. And he was, he says, like, he's lower than his father because he's shorter. Yeah. And it was an upward motion of stabbing. And he says you could still do it. You could still do it. And it worked out. And so then he, they convince one of the jurors that has flipped back to. So the guy that was like the advertising, he's flipped a couple of times. Now he's back on the not guilty. Yeah. No, he, now he's back on the guilty. guilty. But Jack Klugman's character says, look, mate, I grew up in the slums. We had switchblades. You don't use it like that. You flip it open and you thrust. Yeah, it's a you quick... don't underthink because you don't turn. So you didn't switch again, hands with it. <laughs> again, we get we get um, that, and then we get Jack Warden who changes his vote just because he's got these baseball tickets and he wants. To yeah, he's out. like a quick exit. And then they start talking to him, and then like this, uh, the European watchmaker, they get into an argument because he knows the Constitution. Jack Warden doesn't. He's trying to explain reasonable doubt to him, and then Jack Warden just changes his vote anyway. Now it's nine three. Now we get a big anti-immigrant speech from juror number 11, uh, number 10. Yeah, number 10. Yeah, we get a big, and so, um, and then everyone turns his back on him, and then he goes and sits in the corner and then changes his vote. Yeah, because, oh, yeah, he changes his vote, especially after initially. Yeah. And, uh... So now we get, now we get the the crux of this. We get, they start talking about the women's testimony. The glasses, yeah. Now... Uh, jury number three and jury number four say that this whole case is all about... The fact that someone witnessed someone the murder. Someone witnessed the murder. But then... Jury number four. Jury number nine. Yeah, but jury number four. Jury number nine realises that when he, when jury number four takes his glasses off, mm-hmm. there's some marks either side of his nose when you... The indentation. And, and he, he rubs remembers, it. Rubs it. He remembers that the juror... That uh, the, 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 uh, the witness, witness for the prosecution, she had those marks. And then they go through this convoluted way to say that she was trying to pretend she was younger than anything. She had glasses on, and that convinces juror number four that she would have... Because you take your glasses off when you go to bed. There's no way she could see that guy from 40 metres away. Yeah. Flimsy, but yeah. Uh, oh, it's all based on, like, the what... Yeah. Like, it, of Reason, course she couldn't... Yeah. So then, it's down to one. It's down to jury number three. Yeah. He's just angry. And he goes on a massive tirade. 
and tells him all these reasons. And basically what it comes down to, he sees a picture of his son, rips the photo up. And it's just because of a, because... a father-son. Son yeah, he had... the father. He had a spat with his own yeah. son. Yeah. He he hit... He, he thought... He, growing up, he started hitting him. So yeah. he'd learned to fight. The kid fought back um, two years ago and yeah. then left and never came back. And so he holds grudges against kids against their fathers basically yeah. so it was just really his own personal vendetta he's putting in here so then he breaks down in tears and then he decides to change his vote yeah. and then they go out and then Davis and McCartell meet on the outside and that's the end it's, it's strange that the whole movie and you, you only notice it um, towards the end yeah. when music starts playing oh man we haven't had any music for the whole entire time yeah I'd also like to go, there's no cuts in this entire movie. You yeah. are watching just here. If it was a movie it. if it was a movie made now that you would see this courtroom. You would see these things that they saw in the courtroom, yeah. you'd be watching that. Normally music creates tension, but this time it's it all framing. It. It's all the framing. Yeah, so, it's it's yeah. The, how this movie is shot. The heat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so let's go on to reasons too. Acting is superb. The yeah. script's great. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah, I can see why this movie's on the list. Oh, yeah, no. I would like to say another movie on this list, which is um, Do the Right Thing, also plays with the heat. Mm. It So in this movie, they use heat as a way to turn up. Their, their emotions are on fire. You oh. know, they keep um, losing it. And the same thing happened in Do the Right Thing, where it was the hardest day on record, and the whole street is, like, going a little bit crazier than the norm, than normal. So it's, like, that kind of thing. Yeah, perfect. Where they both, these both films utilize that same technique. Yeah. In an interesting way. Amazing. Um, another reason to see this movie, I think it is, in, it is like a really great, like, just, it, it's kind of like a whodunit because you don't, initially when you when you hear all the facts, you're like, oh, the kid did it. And then as they're breaking down, like, the, the, the you know, um, but it couldn't have worked out if this happened and this happened. Like, he's breaking mm. it all down. And so you're like, oh, maybe he didn't do it. And mm. so you don't know. If he did or didn't, because yeah. we don't ever have that information. It's great. And then there's also the fact that you have this underlining, because one of them talks to June of Eight, and he's just saying, you know, what if at the end of it, what if he did just do it? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that they don't know what they're playing with, and it's like this yeah. whole life and death situation on their hands. Yeah. But really, they're yeah, just. Yeah, sometimes people just... get away with it. Sometimes, you know, people get convicted of things. And, and at the end of the day, they're just 12 guys. Yeah. Like... Yeah. Uh, reasons not to see it. I don't know. Uh, reasons not to come down to just, like, if you don't find, like, these things interesting. Like, cause some like again, if it was a movie made nowadays, you would have a lot of cuts into, you'd see the courtroom stuff. Because... For some people, just sitting watching people talk is not interesting. Mm. But I find that this movie is done really well. It's good. It's a good movie for rewatches. I, I really like. I think it's it. done really well on yeah. reflection. Like they, yeah. it is very entertaining. They all work really well. Mm. I think it just, it is, just well made. In Another its reason not to see this: it's no a few good men, and that goes on to <laughs> my next thing. Does it deserve your list? No. Why are you saying that? Did you go like no? Tigger Men should deserve to be on it. Uh, uh, there are a lot of courtroom dramas that yeah, well, should have been on there. T- t- uh, to Kill a Mockingbird is on the list. Yeah, and yeah. The, like, that's number that one d- of the, co- that, uh, the that, courtroom dramas. That, yeah, that could be. But Tigger Men should be on it. 
Yes, that's be- where it... Figment's better than this. Yeah, but that's... And the the whole last scene of, like, you know, um, you can't handle the truth. It's just such a... The, the it's script? so much better than the glasses. It's more iconic oh, script. Yeah, I just don't... No. The, uh, the taking off Does horse to water. Uh, no. Would you buy it on Blu-ray? I yes. think I think I'll I don't mind this being on the list, but you're saying it, if you're going to have this on the list, you you're going to have, have this or Few Good Men. I'm having Few Good Men every day of the week. Yeah, I'd have Few Good Men. Yeah. I love... <laughs> you're a lousy softball player, Jack. <laughs> like, yeah. I love that movie. I can't... Joe, 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 get in the car. car. Please get in the car. No, it, Who's going to do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? No, it... Yeah, if you had to pick between, like, some courtroom dramas, maybe other people have different bins. Yeah. We'd probably put... I like Cuba. Witness for a Prosecution as well. But... I love Billy Wilder. I see why it's on here. Film bros love it. Oh, yeah. I think... Yeah. But also, it's just the like... Film bros rule the world, you know that. You know, you know that. But then you think both 12 Angry Men and Do the Right Thing had the same thing with playing with the heat. Mm. And Do the Right Thing is so, uh, is much lower than it. Yeah, it, I think Do the Right Thing should be way better than this one. <laughs> we have this thing where Do the Right Thing should be yeah. much higher than it is. Uh, would you watch this again? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a good rewatch movie. It's all right. And a rating for this movie. I'd say Golf Club. Yeah, Golf Club. It works. That's it. What it's trying to do, it works. That's it for 12 Angry Men. How do you spell innocent? <laughs> then... Uh, that's movie number 87. Next week is movie number 86, which mm. is Oliver Stone's Platoon. Oh! On... The Stone podcast, what we're about to turn into. You know what's going to come next week. Stone watch. You know what's coming next week. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know what's coming. You some, need say, to be... some say you got to go back and to the left. You <laughs> need to prepare for it. Yeah, because we're going to talk about Platoon for like five minutes, and then the rest of the podcast becomes, why isn't... This film on the on the list. Well, I knew this one would be hijacked by Fugu Ben, and Fugu Ben only just got mentioned <laughs> uh, a little bit. There'll be a movie next week. No, no, there's we'll a movie next week that will completely take over. Mm-hmm. Platoon will be nothing compared. You know it. Uh, leave feedback, good or bad, yeah. about the podcast, and then we can make it better. What's the best courtroom drama? Yeah. Or oh, courtroom, just courtroom. Let's solve it. Let's courtroom. Let's, Legally yeah, Blonde, I'm up there. No. Let's Fugu Ben. You know, and then Legally Born 2 is Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Ooh, Isn't it great? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Isn't yeah. it great? Yeah, that's good. And the next one, she's... She maybe maybe um, uh, Legally Born 1 is Witness for the Prosecution. Maybe. It's, it's, maybe. it's a good movie. Uh, man, I love that movie. Yeah. I love that quote room. That is it for today's show. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. Don't forget, follow us on all the social media channels. Like, follow, subscribe, and you'll get great content like this one. Hopefully, next week, I'll be better. Who knows? <laughs> Thank you to my lovely co-host Hannah. That is it for AFI Top 100 We'll catch you next week for two Till then Long live cinema <laughs>